Welcome to Misty Night, a podcast exploring the doubts and concerns that arise around Christianity. I'm Nick Petkoff. I'm Andy Yetter. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, we invite you to join us on this journey as we navigate the misty nights of doubt and uncertainty. Faith isn't about your ability to muster a belief out of nothing. It's our hope that through the process of exploring doubts, asking questions, and searching, you'll build a personal faith that is tangible and reliable. So let's take another step on that journey right now. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Misty Night Podcast. I'm Andy Yetter, joined with my good friend, Nick Petkoff. And today we are talking about miracles. And specifically, how come miracles don't happen anymore? Or at least that's what the question is for the day. It's a real bleak start. Just go right into <laughs> the perspective of there's no more miracles. It's all just <laughs> it's all just sad. <laughs> Hope is gone. What's your hot take on this? Discussion over. <laughs> but no, it's it's seriously though, it's it's one of those things where I think a lot of a lot of Christians do kind of start to get this doubt in the back of their mind because you know, you read the Bible, you read about all these really amazing interventions of God in the natural world. And then you look at your day-to-day life and you're like, man, where is God Mm -hmm. when I need him? You know, where is God's incredible interventions? Maybe not even on my life, but like, where is it on the news? Like, where, why am I not hearing about God doing amazing things? Uh, And it can really kind of, I think, shake some people who want that kind of proof. Yeah, I think that's, It does kind of take some of the wind out of your sails sometimes a little bit. Um, And maybe it's just a natural point usually when, you know, in circles of believers, whether it's, you know, praying for each other, whatever, that, you know, it's usually a lot more needs or difficulties come up and a lot less praises. And even amidst those praises, I don't think we often attribute them to being miracles more so than like an answer to prayer in one shape or another. So... Yeah. So Nick, what would if someone came to you and said, "Hey, miracles don't happen. What's the deal?" What's your kind of what's your what's your gut reaction to that? You know, if you asked me not so long ago, I wouldn't have had a very good answer to it at all. <laughs> it's actually probably one of those things I didn't uh I guess personally ask myself like even what my perspective on that is, like, "Wait a second. Do I believe that miracles are happening right now around me? Maybe I can't see them or I just don't hear about them?" And then I realized that pretty much with every single topic um, we come up with in this podcast is it's a, another area of like, all right, I need to kind of define a miracle for myself and the question being asked, because uh, that can be a really wide um, spectrum of what, you know, one person considers a miracle versus what another person does, right? There's a big difference between <laughs> a fire pillar coming out of the sky and like, oh, I made it to work on time. Like, it's just, uh... <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's interesting you bring that up. So I think, man, there's like a, already in that small little bit, there's like a couple different things we could unpack. You know, I think talking about what a miracle is by definition is probably one of the most mm. important things because there's just so much there that's kind of, we'll say there's both, there's both the kind of direct answer to that question, but then I think there's some subtext as well like if someone's coming to me with that question and saying hey why are there no more miracles right like it's it's i think it's because what they're really asking for is like where is where are my big like you know pillar of fire miracles where are the big like catchy ones right like i need the like the irrefutable proof like that's the evidence that's the miracle Mm -hmm. that i'm looking for and i think 
that's how I would interpret the request, at least, because um, I think I think that's what ultimately what a lot of Christians are looking for when they're looking for miracles is I want that proof that God's active. I want that kind of irrefutable mm-hmm. evidence. And that really gets at the point of a miracle, too, right? Like, there's definitely like one aspect to a miracle being to, you know, a practical earthly help for people, like healing, for example. But then the other side of a miracle, like, for example, being a fire pillar from the sky, like, it's a big sign. Like, it gives, like, authentication or credibility, right? Like, it was a big purpose of the miracle. And yeah, that's what we look for because that's kind of what it's meant to do, something that's you're meant to look at yeah and it's interesting that you, you brought this up right like do we take like the whole i made it to work as being like a miracle because you know in some ways if you want to and say a miracle is just god's intervention in the world mm. it's like well oh boy <laughs> like like that opens up the category pretty broadly so I, so i would maybe suggest that for the sake of the conversation today we don't we don't accept you know a miracle as being just any of god's interventions because that could be a whole slew of things but let's keep it mainly focused on some of those we'll say extraordinary events that could that could include some items that are maybe explainable in other ways mm. but just not we'll say not mundane there's actually a really good there's actually a really good definition that i like and I found this because, you know, as preparation for this episode, I was just doing a little bit of reading. Uh, and Lee Strobel has a book that came out not too many years ago called The Case for Miracles. And in it, he kind of lists a bunch of different quotes and he does his interviews. If you've ever, if you've read any of Lee Strobel's books, he does this classic kind of like journalism, talks to people, gets, you know, gets their input. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a little bit anecdotal, but it's a good book overall. Um, but out of that comes a lot of really good quotes and excerpts from other people. So, and this one came from um, a guy, uh, Richard Pertil, who was a professor at Western Washington University. And he defined the miracle as an event brought about by the power of God that is a temporary exception to the ordinary course of nature for the purpose of showing that God has acted in history. And I really enjoyed that because I was like, okay, I think that's the kind of definition that I would kind of put to the mm. question that we have in front of us today. I, I'm also of the opinion, though, that we should, as Christians, give thanks to God for some of the more mundane things that happen in our life. Like, sure. If you pray for someone to get better and they get better, don't just write it off as, oh, nature healed them, right? Like, we should be still giving thanks to God for his mercy in, in our lives and his continual, like, you know, presence and interventions. Uh, but for the sake of saying what a miracle is today, we can we can assume that the mundane things, you know, why they might be God interventions aren't meeting the definition for miracle today. Does that sound mm. like a fair shake? Yeah, I think I like that. I'm still chewing on the, the quote a little bit, but I do like that. Um, it does kind of give um, that necessary definition while also not taking away that, you know, just because it happens um, in nature without a supernatural phenomenon, the nature natural as we understand it is still created by the same you know being and so there's still things to give there for sure um, but that does draw a good fine line i think um between the two and i think and i think maybe the flip side of this is that maybe this is where some people are coming from uh when they start thinking about miracles like there are other definitions that have been proposed um and some of these definitions while maybe aren't being like 
adhere to because it's a definition that they read, but maybe these are like internalized definitions, mm -hmm. which is to say that, man, a miracle, for it to be a miracle, it has to, like, you know, be an amazing act that has no other explanation, that's been witnessed by multiple people, that has, you know, eyewitnesses of unquestionable integrity, and, 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 and. Right. And with statements like that, and I guess it goes a little bit to the quote you gave earlier from the Strobel um, kind of interviews there is that it can kind of, would you agree that it can kind of change over time? You know, what um, someone might attribute as a miracle 2000 years ago, um, we might not put in the same light today. You know, like someone, someone's heart stops for a few minutes and they're technically dead, but can be resuscitated, right? You know, through CPR, defibrillation, like there's like certain means we have that weren't a thing, you know, a couple thousand years ago. And so sometimes using like clear cut ways of defining a miracle that way can not age so well or age like milk as some like to say. Well, but I, th I think you bring up a really good point though, right? And I think there's a reason why there's a lot of doubt on miracles. Um, mm -hmm. And some of it is, you know, an element of it's easy for us to start kind of thinking of really crazy alternate explanations especially when you weren't there and you weren't like present and you're just kind of reading secondhand notes yep uh and so there's always going to be this element of doubt that's just so easy to diffuse a situation because because it's just easy to doubt and maybe as it's a simple answer to the question from the beginning you know there are lots of accounts of miracles happening all the time mm. across the world a lot of them are kind of focused around healing, but there are lots of accounts of miracles that have been recorded. Uh, and it doesn't take very long to find people on the internet that doubt. And some of it's justifiable, right? Like I think there's a there's a natural skeptic doubter element just to being a human, of being like, uh, maybe I just shouldn't take that at face value. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's also kind of a flip side where it really doesn't matter how miraculous the event was. Some people are just going to be so dead set because their definition of what a miracle is is so high that there's really no way to ever have a miracle because to them, if I can have any possible crazy explanation, then that's more plausible. That's very true. And I mean, the whole crux of starting this podcast revolves around having doubts, right? And that it's okay to have yeah. them. And... Um, this definitely isn't something that's specific to like non-believers or people who tend to be more critical of, um, you know, events or news that come up. And my natural tendency is pretty quickly to doubt uh, what I hear or at least question it in some degree. And you're right, all the more so with things like this, where it seems to defy, you know, things as you understand them. That's just a natural reaction, I think. And, that, and that's a good point that you bring up, right? Like this isn't meant to bash anybody that has doubts not at all. but it is meant to be maybe be, be a litmus test of what would it take for you to accept something as a miracle if you're in that kind of doubting skeptical mm -hmm. camp you know what's your what's your level of evidence that you would actually accept um and if if you can't really generate any of that like if you're going to say you know what there's just no chance that miracles can happen well then you know we're kind of stopping the conversation there but if you have that level of like you know what if based on xyz i'd believe it you know i think I think that's just a, that's a mental exercise that we have to go through to kind of probe how open are we to the idea of supernatural happenings. Yeah, so I think to kind of trail off of that then is yet yeah, defining not just a miracle, but what 
like you said, what does it take for you to define something as a miracle? And that brings up the whole issue of it's kind of a personal, uh, a bit of a personal thing, right? And depending on how someone creates their box, um, everything else could be excluded. And I think if you, for example, I'm just, because I'm more familiar with it, I'll just keep referencing C.S. Lewis probably through this whole thing. But yeah. um, he would say that, you know, if you pick like basically just a strict belief of like nature, naturalism or whatever, and you say everything happens inside of this box, then you immediately just like remove yourself from any belief in a miracle because anything that happens happens within that box and there's no exception to that. And so you just kind of remove yourself from considering it at all. And so I think that's a really important question you asked is what does it take for you to believe a miracle is happening? And it's interesting too, because when you, when you ask a lot of people, I think a lot of, a lot of individuals will say, you know, like it's not, it wouldn't be scientific for us to rule out miracles just inherently mm. like we shouldn't just inherently say like so that's why you'll even see a lot of like atheists and agnostics right they'll, like, they'll say you know what i'm not going to say that i know 100 percent. you know i'm going to leave that margin of error but you know i they definitely lean on the more skeptical side mm. um but i think to be academically honest we have to leave that space open for miracles even if we want to take on a, a very skeptical mindset one of the things that always jumps out to me is to like again i think distance both in terms of like time and how far away you removed your from the event that happened like physically maybe just increases the amount of doubt that we throw on things right mm -hmm. uh i always like to think of it like a simple exercise right is like an, if an angel appeared to me right now and talked to me you know i'd be like amazed and i'd want to tell people and i would but how far away does it have to get before people are like Ah, there's no way he's just making it up he, mm. he runs an apologetics podcast he's probably just making this stuff up <laughs> we you need know? content like like, <laughs> <laughs> like it wouldn't take long for people to be like outside of just like a really small circle around me for people to be like i don't believe it right like it's mm. too i think the the nature of miracles sometimes because it's breaking the laws of nature a lot of the times it goes against what we're used to it inherently invokes that skepticism mm. um, but one of maybe the extreme tests and ultimately, one of the pillars, I think, two of the things that convinced me a long time ago as a Christian um, is just the creation of the universe. Um, when we talk about miracles and we talk about how much doubt you have to have in something, right? You can't get much more removed time-wise than from the creation of the universe. Mm, for sure. um, but if you do a lot of research into the different kinds of arguments for, you know, how uniquely positioned Earth is to exist, for example, the the statistical anomalies kind of stack up to a ridiculous level. Mm. And then you have to ask yourself, well, what's more likely, God intervening, or statisticals of, you know, to, you know, something like I, I can't even give you the number because it's like to the trillionth, <laughs> trillionth, trillionth, right? Like it's it's such a ridiculously absurd statistic. But but that kind of became a very like a, a, a black and white like, hey. You can choose to not believe in divine intervention and miracles. Like that option is open to you, but you you're you're kind of then embracing a very you're you're choosing to almost put a lot of faith into the statistics versus not blind faith, but we have then this God. We have a Bible, we have accounts, historical accounts of miracles and events happening. Um, like we have other evidence towards this other hypothesis that there mm -hmm. is a God that is doing miracles and 
making events happen. At the end of the day, for me, it was a very compelling argument mm -hmm. as my kind of, as I was developing my faith and as to me, like as a skeptic trying to figure out what am I going to believe in as like a worldview, mm -hmm. I always found that very compelling, but it ultimately just boils down to how much, how much evidence and proof or, you know, how much of a statistical chance do you need for something to happen? For you to say, ah, that wasn't a miracle. Like there was a chance that this happened on its own. You know, where do, where do you draw the line? And that's just a, it's a tough decision. That I think everyone has to kind of make on their own. Mm -hmm. And I'm never a fan of people just you know blindly following anything. <laughs> but I think at some point we have to kind of put down the skepticism and embrace these alternate uh, explanations. Mm, absolutely. Um... I think that speaks quite a bit to the, hmm, I put this, um, even if you're on the side, you want to draw a fine line and say like, nope, nothing supernatural. If it, nothing, nothing supernatural or the side of God, like enters my worldview or anything that, um, that still limits you a lot because when you get into like the natural order of things or like how we understand things scientifically, there's like a certain capacity of science to understand those things at any period of time. And that's always growing. Um, we're always understanding more about our world through um, new discoveries and that capacity is always gonna grow, but it's always gonna have a certain kind of cap to the capacity, right? And so even as a person of a strictly empirical evidence and a man of science, you still have to hold open the door a little bit for the unknown because science could reach a little bit further and bring something else into view that we didn't even consider before. Yeah. I think it's solid points. So, so maybe, maybe I'll step it back here a bit now. So we, we've, we've kind of talked a bit about the definition of a miracle and, you know, our mindset that we should have as we're contemplating miracles and, you know, how much, like, kind of, how do we balance that skepticism um, versus open mindedness? Talking about miracles, then again, on do they happen, I'm a big fan of, you know, like in the Lee Strobel book, he brings up a lot of really good accounts in that book. Mm. If, if you're the kind of person that wants to read about different catalogs, you know, uh, publicly proclaimed miracles and the kind of follow ups on those. Uh, I highly recommend that book just just to kind of give you something to look into. You can also Google search some stuff too. Like, it's it's not that miracles don't happen, but you know why why do miracles happen? And is it like why are we not seeing pillars of fire? And why isn't God appearing to me personally? Um, you know, there's 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 deeper maybe some theological discussions on the nature of like why certain kinds of miracles don't happen. Mm. But I think generally speaking, the idea that miracles don't happen at all i think i think there's a lot of evidence out there to show that that they kind of do mm. nick maybe a question for you nick is have you have you ever had kind of a miracle like event happen in your life or had to someone that you're close with an easy one that i like to refer to is simply like um my own faith or salvation like there really is nothing short of a miracle that would lead me to a place to where i would believe that i'm in need of ultimately salvation like um to me that in and of itself is a miracle like every person coming to faith uh, myself included um nothing in my life that i've led or um, believed up until that point makes sense that i would have a turn of heart 
and, you know, move in a direction of Christianity and belief, except a miracle when you get really get down to it. And I think obviously in my perspective, that's something that every, you know, believer can share whether or not, you know, they believe in miracles or how they define them. So I guess that would be my example. Not as cool. fun as, um, you know, stopping a tsunami or anything um, <laughs> quite as exciting as that. <laughs> no, and that's a good point. Like, so, so I think too, like one of the things that as a Christian, you know, we see in our lives, like, so, so me personally, I've had moments where I feel like almost like without a doubt, God's intervened and it, and it's very anecdotal mm. for a lot of Christians. Right. Um, but I feel like sometimes when God interacts with our lives, right, like it's it's for that purpose of letting himself be known to us. I, I'll give the, the example before we were about to get married, um, Elizabeth and I, my wife, we, um, we, 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 were, we didn't have a ton of money, but we were planning this honeymoon. And looking back, we were very, being very fiscally irresponsible. <laughs> um, and I went to a chess tournament uh, just before that, that was a, the Chicago Open. And I didn't really spend time getting ready for it. And I just, I was, I knew I was going to be outclassed. Um, and I ended up tying for first place at the end of it all. And for people that aren't super familiar with chess tournaments, it's like played over multiple rounds, um, you know, and you just keep facing harder and harder competition. And some of the people I played should have just trounced me. And like they were making some really just just terrible blunders that you shouldn't be happening at the high profile tournament with a pretty sizable cash prize. And I didn't have any other explanation for that than like, like there's no reason I should have won this other than I was praying for God's help. And then somehow I stumbled out with, you know, a tie for first place. So would anybody count that as a miracle today? Like, no, no one would ever seriously consider that. But for me personally, there was this element of me pleading with God and then me seeing something miraculous in my day-to-day -day life. And I think there's a lot of Christians that have those kind of experiences where there's this heartfelt prayer and God answers. Mm -hmm. I, I have to give the flip side of it though, right? I was just gonna say. Equally yeah. so, yeah. there's heartfelt prayers and nothing happens. Um, and that's unfortunately the, the other side of miracles is that, you know, by, by nature, it's an exception. It, it's kind of a rare occurrence when it happens. Um, it's not God on demand, right? Mm -hmm. Like it, you, we all have access to God, but God's interventions aren't something where he says, yeah, I'm always going to just, you know, answer. I'm not going to be the, the cosmic vending machine and give you whatever you want. Mm -hmm. um, and that means that, you know, we're not, not every prayer, not every, you know, request for intercession, uh, sorry, request for um, intervention is going to manifest into something mm -hmm. we shouldn't take that as a discouragement of oh man miracles don't happen you know obviously that's a hard thing for us to wrestle with because when you're at the point where you're praying for a miracle it's probably because there's something of high importance for you happening um but this is where i think as christians we have to look at our viewpoint of god and 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 while yes god cares about us you know god is god and He's not at our beck and call to just uh, do whatever we want him to do. <laughs> Absolutely. And that in particular, I think, was a really good, a really good responsibility just to mention um, that aspect of it, too. And it's nice that we can kind of 
answer that reasonably well as well as far as like, you know, miracles don't always um, happen and that they could, but they don't always. And just like we were talking about, you know, big miracles of, you know, Exodus era of, you know, seas being split, and fire coming from the sky. There's plenty of situations we can, you know, get from scripture too, where miracles didn't happen or, or weren't used. I really like the story um, in you know, top of my head, uh, First Timothy, I think, where Paul basically has Timothy, don't keep drinking water, like drink a little wine because your stomach is messed up and you're, you know, you're feeling really ill. Um, yeah, Paul had plenty of experiences where he laid hands on people and healed people. And it was a situation where he didn't pray for a miracle, even lay on his hands. He's like, hey, dude, just drink some wine and feel a little bit better. Like, <laughs> it's a really practical solution <laughs> situation. And um, when I've had this question asked before, like, why, you know, if God could, why doesn't he? And I would say go read Hebrews 11. Like, I think it's a really good summary of a lot of miracles. Um, go, it goes really quickly through, like, some of the miracles Moses did. And going back up to more current of where they are in scripture and then toward the end of that passage contrasts it really hard with a lot of times where miracles didn't happen in bad situations where people were stoned and killed and like yeah there are miracles and that doesn't always happen <laughs> mm -hmm. well and 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 i think it a lot of it always boils down to where not, and this isn't to belittle the suffering that people go through but ultimately it comes down to like, but it just goes to show how much bigger God is than us. You know, like there's a, there's a book I liked, I think it was called Not God Enough, um, which was really good for just illustrating like, you know, God, God is God. Like if you don't really kind of, it's like, it's hard to wrap your mind around kind of because God is God. Um, but like the, the infinite distance between him to us and for us to suddenly be like, well, God needs to be doing this one specific thing to make me happy is kind of almost ridiculous mm -hmm. to, a, to a degree to have that kind of expectation and again not not to belittle like the real suffering and the pleading that happens with god but when we start making it an expectation that god has to behave a certain way you know well that's that's not our place mm -hmm. <laughs> um but god does give us a lot of commands on what we should do um, you know, when we want to make certain requests, like when we want to have requests for healing, we talk about, you know, anointing people with oil and, and there's, there's a lot of these kind of things that God tells us to do. Um, there's actually a really interesting study that came out of the Lee Strobel book that I was unaware of that was basically studying the effects of prayer on healing and recovery. Um, a, there was a study that happened, um, man, I really probably should pull up these specific details for these talks, but I didn't. But trust me, it's there. <laughs> because trust um, me, bro. But but basically, there was there was one study that happened that kind of pointed to the fact that yeah, there was really no difference with praying or not praying. Um, details for that kind of study came out though, where basically the people that were involved in that that were involved in the praying were basically a group of Christians that didn't really believe in praying for healing. They just believed in kind of um, affirm affirmative prayer, we'll call it. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then this, in this book by uh, Lee Strobel, he mentions two other studies, though, where, no, they saw noticeable changes with prayer and its impact on healing. Um, it, it raises a whole lot of interesting topics about healing, 
the, nat- the, the, the way that we pray for healing mm-hmm. and where God and why God shows up when he does. So I, I'm not going to go into all that here on this episode, mm-hmm. but I really do recommend the book just because it does get the, the gears turning. Um, I'll always reiterate, like Lee Strobel, I think is a little bit too anecdotal for like, if you want to be like looking for like a formal thesis. Um, but it's almost ideal for this if you're looking for these examples. Um, perfect. Yeah, I wasn't aware of that study, and that's actually pretty convicting. I mean, I sure can think of plenty of times where I've, you know, prayed for someone's situation or health, and then, I mean, hmm, <laughs> do we expect <laughs> it to just happen in a supernatural way? I'm not saying my tendencies, probably not. Um, but I think that might speak more to like, it's a whole other topic to get into, right? It's not about yeah. prayer, it's about the faith. <laughs> I was going to say, like, <laughs> we're getting a whole different faith gets... situation there, right? Like, <laughs> maybe that's a whole separate podcast episode, but I bring it up just to kind of, to kind of throw some breadcrumbs, lead people along the trail, because I think there's some really interesting uh, information if you choose to go down that path. Um, one, th- one tangent I did want to explore a little bit, and I know we're kind of getting closer to time here, but. Um, I think it's worth talking about uh, only because, you know, from either because you're a Christian living in it or because maybe you're someone on the outside looking in, um, you might hear different perspectives about what Christians believe in regarding spiritual gifts mm-hmm. and people's ab- ability to work miracles and like give healing, right? Like you might see those miracle healers on TV and stuff that are like, oh, bam, you know, be healed. Um, and some Christians will believe in that, some Christians won't, and then there's going to be everywhere in between. Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about what we call cessationists and continualists. Continuitists? I don't know what the proper term there is. I have no better way to pronounce that than you. <laughs> but the idea is that we have one group of people that are going to believe that, you know, after the apostolic era, people, not that miracles stopped happening, but that, you know, those spiritual gifts of supernatural natures of prophecy and healing and things like that, those stopped happening. Mm-hmm. Whereas people that believe in continualist or what continuity, whatever, um, those people believe that, no, it is kind of still happening. I think your Pentecostals are a very classic example of that, right? Mm-hmm. Speaking in tongues, that kind of stuff. So you will sometimes see a, a, a whole different assortment and across the Christian faith. And I'm not going to get into speculating who I think is right, who I think is wrong. Mm-hmm. But it's worth bringing up because sometimes when you're on the outside looking in, you might be really confused as to why you see differing opinions within the church. Yeah. And we want to do our due diligence in that we do, you know, present, you know, all the different aspects to it. And those definitely do exist. And um, it does depend a little bit, you know, on your definition of what you consider a miracle versus spiritual gifts especially talk like speaking in tongues and everything yeah it's supernatural do you call it a miracle like once again we're back in that definition issue again um yeah but yeah there's definitely big camps on either side and i've you know um worked alongside people in both of those camps that believe that like you said at the apostolic apostolic era was over that miracles stopped happening at the end of Acts, you know, there's like, they're laying hands on people, and those people had gifts, but then the people they laid hands on eventually died, and there was no more, and it passed away. And there's some people who take, um, oh no, I'm going to forget the reference now that they 
you brought it up, the Pentecostal church, you know, still using um, spiritual gifts now. And there's a particular point in the Bible they point out where Jesus, I guess John, the middle of John, where Jesus says something basically that, you know, whoever believes in me will also do the works I do and do even greater works than uh, these yeah. because I'm going to the Father um, along those lines. And, you know, there's the things people really hold on to for that. And those views are definitely not invalid and we're you know doing our best to present them here but definitely you know do more due diligence in that and dig a little bit deeper because there's a lot there oh yeah for sure and you know a lot of the times too like this is where uh, again I'll, 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 I think I've mentioned this book before but um, hills to die on right like so in the Christian faith there are some things that we can be that we need to be uncompromising on and there are some that is what basically causes our different, you know, denominations to exist because we have different interpretations. Um, doesn't make them non-Christian, just makes them to have a, of a different denomination because they have some pretty divergent beliefs. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. And ultimately, yeah, you have to do your own research, keep diving. Smart people sit on both sides of the aisle. All right. I think at this point, we've talked a lot about miracles and kind of what people should keep in their minds, some examples, some reading. Anything else you want to talk about miracles today, Nick? No. I think I would like to leave with some encouragement that, you know, just like that Hebrews reference of miracles not always being used, it's not that sometimes God does miracles to deliver people and sometimes does not, or to encourage, you know, our that we endurance things are just really awful um but that it's really just like two different perspectives that can be bound together kind of our um, our vision of what god's doing in his own creation and that we don't need to let this um rock uh your foundation or understanding of god's working for you and with you and you know does love you and even if you don't see a miracle in a situation in your life that you're praying for earnestly that that's not him at work as well even if that doesn't come to pass the way you'd like to yeah that's a great point and and to add on to it right like but 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 also if you are a christian right it's good to believe that god is powerful enough to intervene mm -hmm. and that he can intervene i think sometimes it's very tempting um, and Nick, I think you brought this up earlier, right? Well, well, we'll kind of pray, but we almost shut off that expectation in our head of, yeah, but God's not going to do it. Yes. Um, so we need to, we need to keep that kind of element of our faith alive, that we serve a supernatural God, an all-powerful, almighty God that can intervene. Because I think that in some ways also impacts our outcomes. Mm. Um, Hopefully, too, just as a note for everybody listening to this, this is also just a chance to be like, you know, but but talk to other Christians, talk to your friends, talk to people about these kind of things. Um, part of this podcast is just to have discussions about topics of the faith. So not everything needs to have, like, we're not always going to have tons of, you know, spot on quotes and references and <laughs> everything kind of, um, and neither do you you can have conversations with people and you can have follow-ups to look things up. So I encourage people to always do that as well. One last thing. Um, I'm just going to close us on a quote here um, that I liked. 
um, by Eric Metaxas. Hopefully I said that right. Maybe not. But what he said was, uh, if miracles exist at all, they exist not for their own sake, but for us to point us towards something beyond to someone beyond. Anyhow, this has been the Misty Night Podcast. Hope you've enjoyed this talk about miracles. Hope you have a great week. Great having you. Thanks for listening to Misty Night. Want to join in on the conversation? Join our community on Facebook and let us know what you thought of the episode or what other questions or topics you'd like to hear us address. We want to work and grow together with you. So join us next time as we take the next steps on this journey to understanding in a world of questions. Thank you.